All right, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Rigos Rag Podcast. You might have noticed it is Thursday. Uh, we are doing a reaction podcast. The NFL supplemental draft was yesterday. Three pretty premier defensive backs went on the board. Sam Beal, Adonis Alexander, and Brandon Bryant. The Redskins came away with Adonis Alexander. So uh, Nathan and Jacob are here with me. Either of you guys want to start, kick us off here. Give us your thoughts on Adonis Alexander. Yeah, I thought that uh, the Redskins getting Alexander was, it was expected that if they were going to target anyone in the supplemental draft, Alexander would be their guy. I mean, he's a Virginia Tech kid. He has connections to Torian Gray. He's teammates with two picks from 2018 draft in Greg Stroman and Tim Settle. And, you know, uh, as the supplemental draft went along, Alexander was sitting there untaken. You get to the fifth round and see him on the board, and you're thinking, you know, maybe now's the time to take a chance on him. No one picks him there. You get to the sixth round. The Redskins are the team to throw their name into the ring. He's going to be a solid depth piece for this secondary. Obviously, he's not going to be an immediate impact starter or anything, and there may be some questions about why they would take him because they already have young talent at corner. But at the end of the day, any sort of NFL draft stuff, even in the supplemental draft, is about value. And getting a guy like Adonis Alexander, who could have been a third or fourth round pick in the 2018 draft, if all had gone well with a sixth-round pick, it was more than worth it, especially considering his connections to Torian Gray. Yeah, I like the pick. I think uh, on our, usually our last podcast or the week before, I pretty much said it was a lock that he was going to end up in Washington. Jacob, I don't know if you were doing the podcast with us when we discussed it, but I know me and Nina discussed, and I think we both agreed that cornerback is one of their weakest positions, if not the weakest, when you look at you have an aging Josh Norman who's got a high salary cap for what you're going to get from him. You have two unproven guys in Fabian Moreau and Quentin Dunbar. You just traded away a premier slot corner who's up and coming in the league. So you don't really have a whole lot of options there in this pass-first league. It, it's really dangerous. So with a guy like Torian Gray, who the players all love, really connects and gets the best out of the guys. We can see when we go back to Rashad Breeland when he was having his issues, Torian Gray kind of reached out, connected with him, and, and turned his season around. You know, you bring a guy in here. He's got Tim Settle. He's got Greg Strom here now. Guys who are on his team could kind of be mentors in a sense because you know those guys don't really have character issues and that's the one red flag with Adonis I like it I think it was one of those things we all kind of saw coming I think he's going to be like you said a good depth piece I've said it before I'll say it again I think this is Norman's last year on the roster so I think that they were doing a little bit of foreshadowing to that to where maybe they can not have to worry as much about getting a corner in one of the earlier rounds of the 2019 draft and more focus on linebackers interior depth offensive line weaponry so I like the pick I think it was very smart strong depth piece bright future has a lot of potential if he can keep his head on straight the pick is interesting to me first off I, I love the value you know when we were leading up to the supplemental draft we were we were looking at all the Redskins picks next year and we were we were saying you know I could live with giving up a third rounder if they like the guy or you know giving up a fourth rounder when the notification came in that no one had picked anyone in the fourth round and then the fifth round you know I, I was expecting at least one team to put a claim in for the fifth round for Adonis Alexander so I was surprised when it came to the end of the fifth round and no one had put in a claim for him so that was interesting and I think the Redskins were the 20th team in in the waiver order in the sixth round so 19 teams uh, just didn't even want to take a chance on that value in the sixth round but I think Nathan you said it earlier he's got connections here Torian Gray his best year in college he had Torian Gray coaching him up so he was also a safety that year and that's that's the thing you you say that defensive backs is the weakest position on the team I don't think it's necessarily weak though and you look at Adonis Alexander, I, to me, I just don't see where he fits right now. Because, like, at cornerback, 
Uh, we got Josh Norman, and then behind him, we got a bunch of guys. We got Quentin Dunbar, Fabian Moreau, Orlando Skandrick, Josh Holsey, Greg Stroman. So I think that's six right there. I mean, Adonis Alexander, I think they like him at corner. I think I saw John Kime post something about that. But if he's going to make the roster as a cornerback, you know, he, he's going to have to impress. But at the same time, I think he's the most likely guy. If we were to stash him on the practice squad, we'd have the best chance. Because he was a sixth rounder in the supplemental draft. You know, teams aren't going to be looking for that, maybe, from what we can see right now. Greg Stroman, yeah. he was kind of a draft day steal, but Alexander, you can kind of take a chance on him. And if he's not where he needs to be, I feel like it's pretty safe. It's a safe bet we can put him on the practice squad. I feel like that's where he's going to need to be. Yeah. And if I said DBs as a whole is the weakest, I didn't mean that. I meant corner specifically. Yeah. Because you have so much unproven. You have age and Orlando Skandrick and Josh Norman. And so I, I agree. Think that I agree. A guy that they play a significant role for them in the future, getting him in the supplemental draft, like you said, with that value, I think that's that's an incredible move by the Reds because whether it pans out or not, you gave up a six-round pick, and most of the time those guys don't even make the roster, so no harm, no foul. Taking a chance here, I, I think low-risk, high-reward type deal. If it pans out, so you get no reward out of it, oh well. you know, Not a big deal. They have plenty of other picks coming up, so I like the pick. I think it's interesting you say that we would have one of the best chances of getting him on the practice squad because although he was a six-round pick in the supplemental draft, I'm positive that had he gone undrafted that he would have found a home. I don't I don't know how exactly how it works where if they declare for the draft, they're able to be picked up or whatever, free agents. But you know if that is the case, I, I think he would have been picked up. So I think if they do try to put him down there, I think you see, could see a lesser team who's just trying to get some here and now type potential players could scoop him up. But I like the pick. I like him here. Yeah, and Nathan, I completely agree with your analysis there. I don't think Alexander is a lock to make to the practice squad if you wave him, even at roster cuts, solely because he has that talent that you look for. Yes, he has character concerns, and yes, he was a supplemental draft pick, but there was a chance that if he had played well in this upcoming season, he could have worked into day two consideration. So I think if you wave him and try to put him on the practice squad, I'm not convinced that you're going to be able to get him there. I think... I would probably put it at like a 70% chance that you can get him on the practice squad, 30% chance someone scoops him up. I think his main competition for making the roster is going to come from Greg Stroman, Josh Holsey. And don't sleep on Orlando Skandrick being a potential cut if he doesn't show enough. They can keep this young talent together. I know that the corner is shaping up to be one of the, you said, weaker positions, Nathan. I would say it's more unproven than weakened uh, yeah. uh, because they have some talent there, like Dunbar's not proven as a starter, but in limited action as a starter, he's been solid, could be a number two guy. Dunbar has all the upside in the world. I like these late-round guys, too. Stroman, Holsey, and Alexander all have potential to become some sort of playmaker. If I was picking six of these players and I could only keep six at corner, I think Alexander would make the cut for me. Solely because he has size and he's a press guy. And aside from Josh Norman, we don't really have that. I think I might be willing to part more with either Skandrick or maybe even try to get Josh Holsey onto the practice squad. But either way, it's a good problem to have young, unproven depth that could end up being successful for the team. We'll just have to see what happens in the preseason. Yeah, here's the thing. I mean... I, yeah, I don't think he's a lock to make to the practice squad because, like you said, he's got that potential. I think he's 6'3". He's he's longer than Richard Sherman. He's got that yeah. same build. He's nowhere close to that level. You know, he was very inconsistent at the college level, but those kinds of cornerbacks have succeeded at the NFL level, 
I do think the success rate is lower. I know. I think we tried out a guy similar to that uh, last summer, Therald Simon. He didn't last long. The traditional mold for cornerbacks, he's kind of on the outside of that. But if you have a guy with length who works out, if you have a good defensive backs coach for him, it can definitely work out. He's definitely not a lock to make the practice squad. I think he's our best chance because, you know, Josh Holsey, the cat's out of the bag. There were reports that he was impressing last offseason he's a feisty corner you know he's got some slot potential I think teams would jump to the gun to get him quicker than they would Alexander same goes for Stroman in my opinion you know yeah he was he was a natural coverage corner in college and he did really well and he doesn't have the character issues he's got a lot more starting experience than Alexander so I think he'd easily be on teams radars more than Alexander but you know, there's a lot of that potential there. And like you said, you know, it's a good problem to have. So it's just going to be interesting to see how it works out and we'll get a better idea in training camp and preseason. But it's a lot of competition. Hopefully that'll breed the best out of these guys. I think it was Zach, our good buddy Zach Hicks on Twitter, who was saying something to you where he doesn't see where he fits right now with this roster, yeah. with how many guys we have. He brought up something that I thought was interesting. It could be him or Everett as the fourth safety. We know that Adonis Alexander can play some safety. So, you know, maybe they, they like him at corner. But, again, like Jacob said, Dunbar, unproven. Fabian Rowe, upside, unproven. Skandrick might not be good. Norman could be off the roster next year. Holsey, we don't really know. He, he showed good in camp, but so did Terrell Pryor last year. So, <laughs> you know, if he can prove to be a role-type guy at safety and, you know, you don't have to pray every time you put him out on the field, you know, two or three times a game, maybe he beats out Everett gets on there and he can work both as safety primarily and as corner and then if one of the projects fails or they a spot opens up next season with someone leaving or whatever he jumps right in there so it will be interesting they took him in some run draft with six round picks so i don't think that they would do that with the intent of him potentially not being on the roster i could be completely wrong there i mean unless he just shows that he can't play football anymore which i can't imagine what would happen i think he's i don't want to say a lock to make the roster, but I think that in their minds he's as close as you can get to being a lock without calling it a lock. It's it's a no it's a no risk signing. I mean, you take him in the sixth round. You you got I think they had three sixth round picks or something like that. They had an opportunity to get him at a later juncture than they thought. So it's it's like no risk for them if they if they have to try and take a risk and put him on the practice squad and it doesn't work out. I mean, you lost a sixth round pick. You know, I, I you brought up Everett. A lot of his job security comes from his special teams ability. You know, Mm -hmm. on on the field, I think Adonis Alexander would kind of fill that role, that backup safety. He can kind of, you know, strong safety, I think, because he's physical. He can get up in the grill of the opposing players, you know, and impress he's really good, too. He he doesn't have that top end speed to be a special teamer. Like we were scouting Brandon Bryant the other day, and he's got that speed where you know he could kind of fill fulfill a Troy Apke role. That's why it didn't seem like he'd be a good fit here, is because we've already got a guy like him. But uh, yeah. Alexander's going to have to show a lot, I think, if he beats out Everett. But you know, as a player, he's definitely got that potential. Could be a versatile chess piece. That could be something that goes in his favor if he progresses better than intended. And, you know, he can kind of take on that role where he can play multiple positions. With his academic issues, I mean, I know he's put him past him. And he's actually, I think he's turned a new leaf recently. I'm hoping he has. But if he can take on that increased role, that would bode very well for him. Yeah. And, Ian, what I'll say to you about the whole safety argument with DeShazer Everett, one of the reasons to have Alexander on the roster, as you mentioned, is because he can possibly play two positions in corner and in safety. 
I think that value is going to be there in terms of his positional versatility. I think that's going to play a role in possibly getting him on the roster. Because one thing you want with depth players is the ability to do multiple jobs, whether it's playing defense and special teams or whether it's being able to play safety and corner. And, you know, maybe Alexander wouldn't necessarily be a great special teamer, but keep in mind that when DeShazer Everett was coming out, he ran something like a 4.56 50-yard dash. I forget how fast Adonis Alexander's 40 times. 4.6. So he's marginally quicker than Alexander. If it's a full tenth of a second, then we're getting in territory where it could be rough. But I think that Alexander could become like a big physical safety if given the chance or press corner. I was reading some scouting reports of him, one by Charlie Campbell at Walter Football, who's one of my favorite analysts in terms of this stuff. You guys probably won't be happy to hear the name he was compared to. Charlie compared Alexander to former Redskin David Amerson. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what I'll say. This is in terms of, like, skill set. Amerson wasn't consistent, but he had that, like, big physical frame and great ball skills. That's exactly what Alexander has. If Alexander could prove to be consistent, he could be a better version of Amerson. And at times in his career, Amerson's looked like a solid number two, if not number one, cornerback. It's just he's not been consistent. So I I would just like to see what Alexander's ceiling could be. And I would do that at the expense of a Josh Holsey-type guy. I know you're higher on Holsey than I am, Ian. I'm Um, not, like, high on him. It's just we haven't really seen it. You know, I'm kind of waiting until preseason. Tough decisions are going to have to be made. It's just part of the game. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say. Shoot, uh, hang on. Oh yeah, Amerson was a second rounder, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So that's why I kind of like the comparison because if Amerson had been like picked in the same range as um, Alexander, he might not be viewed as as big of a bust. Yeah, so like even if, if we... Alexander can become an Amerson type player. He's only expected to be a backup, so that would be kind of a win. If we can get Amerson out of a supplemental draft six-rounder, I mean, I'm cool with that, you know. That's exceeding my expectations. Exactly. Amerson's only 26? Yeah, dude. Doesn't it seem like he's so old? (laughs) Because he's on his, like, third team since being drafted, because I think the Skins waived him in his third season. Yeah, Yeah, I, I remember. I was really high on him. I liked him a lot. I liked what he brought. I liked his personality. But, dude, I mean, I just remember, I think it was a Vikings game, and my goodness, I mean, he just dropped back and just tossed it right over his head. Like, three or four times, he was just terrible, and I was like, he, he's got to go. And it was sad when they actually waved him, and then I liked that he went to Oakland, had a little bit of success, so wish him the best. But, yeah, I mean, wasn't good here. Hopefully, Adonis Alexander can be what we all hoped Amerson could be. <laughs> If you had moved Amerson to safety, I'm honestly curious as to what his potential would have been with the Redskins. So that's kind of why I'd like to see Alexander there because he's big, strong, can play press man, can probably play in the box. I'd just like to see him in multiple positions, and I'm sure we'll see that this preseason. One thing I want to bring up, and I mean, this is just tinfoil hat type stuff, but (laughs) DJ Swearinger has been on a lot of teams in his short career as well because he has a way of rubbing coaches and teammates and executives wrong. And I think we saw a little bit of that last year with his bashful comments at times and his attitude about complaining about, you know, our practicing and all that. Do you guys think in any way, maybe if DJ moves on here a year or two when they get fed up with him, Adonis can just pick up because I watched uh, him versus WVU and he reminds me a lot of DJ when he comes down and is physical 
obviously not to say he can cover better as a man covered, but when he comes down, he, he's coming down full force. He's smacking guys around. He's doing those dive tackles and getting your ankles like DJ does. So do you guys think in any way this maybe is like in the back, back, back of their mind of, hey, this guy might not be here very long and this guy could potentially slot right in there if he pans out? I think that's like a best case scenario for Alexander because, you know, we saw what how DJ, you know, the impact he gave the team last year. You know, he was yeah. four interceptions. You know, he was laying the wood. He was making some hard hits. So, and I think I think they signed a three-year deal with him. So, he's in yeah. his second year right now. Yeah, I you know, maybe in the back of their minds, I mean, as an NFL franchise, you got to you gotta plan for everything. You know, you, you can't just not plan. You know, you always got to have contingencies. And I don't think Alexander's the only option in that regard. You know, they're probably looking at safeties in the draft, pending free agents next year too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if Alexander, they like him as a press corner right now, but if they decide to move him to safety, uh, and he starts realizing that potential, starts showing those flash plays on a more consistent basis, then yeah, I can see it. I mean, it's a cheaper alternative. I don't know how long the contract he signs is out of the supplemental draft. I don't know if it's the standard rookie contract, but uh, he, he's he would definitely be a better value if he can do that. You know, it's a it's a big if, but anything's possible. Completely agree with that, Ian. I think. Writing DJ off the team, obviously, like you said, Nathan, is a little bit like a tinfoil hat type thing, <laughs> just looking way into the future at every possibility. Yeah, yeah. Which is smart. But yeah. In short, you can never have too much talent on a roster. Worst case scenario is you have to cut a talented guy and hope he gets to the practice squad. And that really looks like what's going to happen at the corner and safety position is one of those young guys isn't going to make the team. And, like, we haven't even talked about, like, the undrafted guys who might not make the team. Like, Ray Anthony Texada, Quinn Blanding, and Danny Johnson all have pretty great upside. So, you know, like, trying to get them all through waivers and onto the practice squad might be tough. The, the Alexander move is all about value. To get him on the roster, all we had to do was release a backup puncher that we never needed in the first place. So, <laughs> can't go wrong with that. Our season's over. Backup punter gone. Wasn't he from Australia or something? Yeah. And that was like a big story. God. Dude, he provided our edge. He was our fire. You know. I know. He's huge. He <laughs> different gone. outlook on life. <laughs> I love DJ Swearinger, actually. I'm looking at some <laughs> of his stuff right now. That's my oh, yeah. boy. Such a likable guy. And just... He brings that fire. I mean, he's a that intensity. First year. Wait, I thought yeah. I thought John Irwin Hill brought the fire. I'm confused now. You mean Sam Irwin Hill? Sam, I, I forgot his name. <laughs> oh shoot, man! man Dude, feel- are you kidding me? He's already <laughs> they're already making his little plaque for the Ring of Honor, and you forgot his name. <laughs> man, I'm a, I'm a face guy. I'm not a name guy. I remember faces. That's 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 that. my fallback. That's I'm my the fallback. exact opposite. So if I ever see you guys in public and I don't recognize you, <laughs> just tell me your name. Hey, and I'll know who you are. I I have a twin, so you know it could be my twin. You never know. You never oh, know. Man. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I'm terrible with faces. There was actually I went in my old place of employment the other day, and a coworker who's now a manager was staring at me for like 15 seconds, and I like did that awkward. Have you ever seen the video of the kid in the McDonald's like, with the <laughs> sweet tea who kind of like looks out the corner of his eye and looks away? And then she came over to me and told me she was. I was like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> classic." That's I do that all the time. I can't really off topic. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to Adonis Alexander. I actually, I brought up an interview with uh, Eric Galco of Sporting News because obviously, you know, he's in the supplemental draft. His mentality, 
and his character is going to be a big uh, a big spectacle. So Eric Galco in this interview, he uh, he mentioned a lot of the uh, issues started when you were younger, but it's clear you've matured a lot since freshman year. Uh, what have you taken away from this? And Adonis said, I've taken away that you need to try your best in everything. As far as your academics and football, you got to love football. You got to be a student. Both of those coincide with each other. He learned that he had a lot of support at Virginia Tech and he appreciated it. And he learned that what you get in life, you get what you put in. Obviously, it's just words right now. He also brought up uh, working for a charity uh, with Morgan Moses. Morgan Moses has a charity where he um, he helps student athletes afford uh, books and stuff. And Adonis yeah. was talking about that. So it's just words at this point. But, you know, it's clear that, you know, in the interview, he actively acknowledged. He not only acknowledged uh, the, the steps he was making to kind of move away from the uh, character issues that he had, but he's also kind of, he went in depth how he went two years without failing a drug test and stuff. So I think he's making steps in the right direction. Yeah, I was just going to bring up that teams received a clean drug test from him. The last person to be taken in the supplemental draft prior to this year has had some issues with drugs. That was one of his biggest red flags off off the field stuff to, you know, two years clean, getting clean drug reports. That's awesome. Another point you brought up, the second point with he said they had a lot of support at Virginia Tech. He's got a lot of support here, too. I mean, he's got two teammates and a coach who his best year was under, as you mentioned. So I think that's another reason to circle back around why I think he could make the roster. Those guys probably were pushing for him. You know what I mean? They, They could have easily not have taken him. You know, they could have looked at their depth how many guys they have there, how many of the guys they have competing and said, yeah, you know what, we're good. Um, but obviously Torian Gray, Tim Settle, and Greg Stroman were all at some point, you know, if they weren't pounding, jumping on the table for him, they, they, it, it was mentioned and they were pushing for him a little bit. So I think that there's a lot that could go right for this guy. I mean, he he's in a good situation. I feel I know the Redskins aren't typically the team that, you know, good situation, good, you know, atmosphere and, leadership gets linked to but teammates coach you know he's got a couple guys in here who's who have also had problems Trent Williams as we know has had troubles with drugs and and, and suspensions so hopefully they can you know he can come in and and in this good situation where he's got a lot of support can thrive um but I mean you never know like I said it's all words right now he's got to show it yeah and just in regards to character concerns it, from at least from those words that you just read, Ian, and from everything I've read about him, it seems that he's been able to put it behind him at this point. And, you know, anything can crop up at any time. But character concern rumors are also, sometimes there are no merit to them. Like, obviously with Darius Geis, yeah, yes. there were all these, like, character concerns at the draft. And since that point, he's been, and since he's gotten to Washington, he's been nothing but a model citizen. So sometimes guys just, have a wake-up call and suddenly they just get it you know and they know what to do and sometimes guys don't ever get that wake-up call like for a while it seemed like Josh Gordon was never going to get that wake-up call maybe he's back on the right track now um but like with Adonis Alexander we'll just have to wait and see but based off what he said lately it seems that he gets what he needs to do to be successful and I think that's an encouraging development yeah he also said in the interview um when he was going in depth, he was talking about like what kind of led to his downward spiral, and he was talking about uh, his freshman year, the success he had with Torian Gray. You know, he said it got to his head, and he stopped caring about school and everything because he's like, you know, I'm a football player, and uh, you know, but he acknowledged it, which is good. I just hope that you know he's been drafted. He was drafted in the sixth round now of the supplemental draft. He's officially an NFL player. 
you know, let's hope it doesn't go to his head again. The cycle doesn't repeat itself. But like Nathan said earlier, he's got a good leadership structure in place. And I think I don't I, not just Torian Gray, but Jay Gruden, Greg Minuski, uh, yeah, you know, his his teammates, they can keep him humble, keep him level headed. Uh, then he can be good and he's got a lot of potential. He can realize it. Uh, we're almost out of time, though, guys. Let's uh, quickly let's pivot. Uh, the Redskins were not the only team to pick a player in the supplemental draft, and the uh, there was two players' picks. It was Adonis Alexander to the Redskins, obviously, and then uh, uh, the NFC East rivals, the New York, New York Giants, uh, threw in a flyer for Sam Beal in the third round. What do you guys think about that? I uh, I hope that that's not a successful sl- supplemental draft story. <laughs> um. Now, when I saw that they took him, I was I was kind of upset. Like, I didn't think we were going to get him because I knew that he probably was going to go in that third round, maybe fourth. But I, I didn't really think we have a chance. I figured there'd be a lot of teams who were interested in that. Uh, for him to go to the Giants kind of sucks because, by all accounts, he, he's got all, all the talent in the world, um, not off-the-field issues, you know. So I think it, it's one of those things where, it sucks that they potentially got that much of a steal in the supplemental draft, but you know he's one guy and he's in the supplemental draft. He's not, you know, he's not a lock to be a top ten pick. He's not, you know, <clears throat> you're not going to be going up against, you know, prime Daryl Revis or Richard Sherman, you know, anytime, you know, in his career probably. So it sucks, but I'm not too worried about it. Um, same thing with Alexander. It's, you take a fly on a supplemental round guy who he's there for a reason. So he's not going to go out and he's not shutting down Josh Doxon. Or if he does, it's a problem. But he's not probably shutting down <laughs> Josh Doxon. You know, he's not taking Jordan Reed away from you. Paul Richardson's still going to be able to get over the top. So I'm not super, super stressed out about it. Great, great potential, great player. Um, but I'm not, you know, I'm not stressing. I, I, hopefully he just doesn't pan out. Yeah, and really the Giants just need a depth at corner uh, because they have Eli Apple, who's had problems with the coaching staff in the past, though they've changed to Pat Shermer's uh, now the leader there. So we'll see if he's better off under James Betcher, the defensive coordinator. Um, Janoris Jenkins has been a very solid cornerback, but lately there have just been some off-field concerns regarding a uh, person found dead at his house. Um, from what I've read, it sounds like it was Jenkins' brother who was involved in that. I'm not entirely certain about yeah, that. Yeah, it was, but, yeah. It was. Okay. Um, but that's just something that's been more of a distraction than anything else and kind of just a concerning in, uh, piece of information. Then aside from that, they have like William Gay to play the nickel, but they don't really have any proven depth. So adding Beal, you add someone who could potentially be a starter, maybe play some this year. Maybe they try to put him at nickel. Maybe he takes over for Eli Apple. But at least for the upcoming season, I don't think Beal's going to be anything more than a top backup. But there is a chance he could develop into a very good starter someday, but even so, if they were going to get, they were going to get a very good starter cornerback somehow. So they get him now, but you know, would it have been better for the Browns to get him for the Redskins? Yeah, probably, but <laughs> you can you can live with him on the Giants. Yeah, and you know what? No matter how good he gets, let us not forget Ian. We have Trey Quinn. We have Trey Quinn. So you can go ahead and be. You know, whoever he wants, Trey Quinn's going to demolish him. That's the trump card right there. There's no yeah. game past Trey Quinn. Checkmate. Checkmate. Basically, dude. Honestly. Yeah, but, yeah, Jacob, you're talking about the depth. Uh, yeah, Janoris Jenkins, uh, Eli Apple. They drafted Grant Haley in the 
NFL draft this year who's, you know, depth, but nothing more so. They definitely could have added there, but, you know, they're not going to be able to handle Trey Quinn. I'm sorry, you know. Uh, Trey Quinn is too much to <laughs> oh, handle. Dude, too the much. dude's got a 69 rating. He's I, already a Hall of Fame. I was, I was talking to Nathan. I was saying, in a sense, that's not perfect. In a sense, it is, though, you know, so. I don't know. Oh, we'll see. Perfect for for a rookie seventh rounder to have that rating. That's, I mean, come on. Hey, it's pretty. It's pretty good. You know, nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna shut this down before we go into a full on <laughs> bromance fest with Trey Quinn. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this little uh, reactionary pod on Adonis Alexander. It's gonna be an interesting storyline with uh, him and Sam Beal competing in the NFC East. So we'll definitely watch out for it. Adonis Alexander's got a lot of competition on the Redskins roster. Hopefully, that will bring out the best in him. Uh, Peace out, guys. Have a good night.